Okay, if I say the word restoration, what picture comes to mind? What are you thinking of? Restoration. Maybe you're thinking of a person who restores old furniture. Who thought about that? Somebody that restores something old. Somebody that restores old cars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cliff was here last week, so if you were here for his message last week, he said he likes to restore old motorcycles. That's Cliff's thing. So whatever the exact picture is that you have, I think the word restoration clearly conveys the message or the feeling of taking something that is broken and non-functional and restoring it back to the purpose for which it was originally intended. So let me tell you a story about restoration. So I knew a guy. It's not really a personal story. I knew a guy. So this guy wasn't very pleasant. He was very asocial. He smoked a lot. He spent his days playing computer games. He had no friends. He wasn't really not a very pleasant guy to be around. Simon said, but I loved you then. You maybe were the only one. Oh yeah, piercings, let's not even go there. But you're probably the only one that loved me back then. (laughs) And and my mom, she was disappointed. (laughs) She had to love me. (laughs) So, story about restoration. So let's compare me well, this guy, <clears throat> to a lamp, an old wooden lamp, okay? So this lamp was out in the sun too long, the varnish and the paint peeled off, the wood started to crack. As you can imagine, any piece of wood lying out in the rain, uh, it started to buckle, the electric cord started to fray, didn't work anymore, it didn't have a bulb in, the lampshade was rotting, Frot, stickant. Okay. It was me. And then 18 years ago, that lamp met Jesus. And Jesus took that lamp and he took it to his workshop, started sanding it down. He polished it, he varnished it back up again, made it shine, restored all the electric cabling on that lamp put a nice new lampshade on, screwed in a brand new 20,000 hour watt light bulb that never goes out, one of those you pay a lot of money for, and he put me in the plug, in the power, switched that lamp on. And what happened to that lamp? What did that lamp do? It shone the light. That lamp was no longer broken. It started serving the purpose for which it was built. It shone the light that the master restorer put into that lamp. So let me tell you a secret. We're all broken lamps. That's all of us. Sin has affected and broken All of us. We all need healing and restoration. 
Now that lamp is a metaphor, picture for the restoration that God brings to all of us. But it's nothing if you don't measure it against scripture. So Romans 3 verse 23 and 24. This is the verse that underpins that metaphor. Romans 3 verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned. All. All of us. We're all broken lamps. For all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption or the restoration that is in Christ Jesus. It's a spiritual fact. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinful and broken. And we all need restoration. None of us can shine God's light. Do you think that lamp, that random guy that I was talking about, could restore himself? Who has ever seen a lamp restore himself? Come on, there must be one of you guys that have ever seen a lamp restore itself. Not one. Impossible. Just like that lamp wasn't able to restore itself to the purpose for which it was built. So we are not able to restore ourselves to a state where we can shine Jesus. It's impossible. We cannot restore ourselves to that state. We need the master restorer to take us to his workshop, shine us back up, and to restore us. Let's take a look at another scripture that ties in with the metaphor of the lamp. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 to 7. If I'm done, you can actually leave that one up, John. Thanks. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 to 7. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful. We'll unpack it now. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It's an amazing scripture. I love that scripture. There is a lot to unpack. But I'm not using 10,000 words this morning. That will be next week. So let's unpack it. Sorry. And see how that ties to the metaphor of the lamp. Point number one. If you keep it up there. For God has shone in our hearts. Whose light is in our hearts? God's light. It's not our light. We cannot make ourselves shine. God restores us. He places his light in us. And he makes us shine. Number two. We're going to skip over a section, but we're going to circle back to it. Verse seven. We have this treasure. 
What treasure? God's glory. If we cycle back to the previous verse. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That is the treasure. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. God's glory, the knowledge that Christ Jesus is our Savior. The Holy Spirit that lives in us as a seal of His eternal love for us. That is the treasure. Number three. Verse 7, in jars of clay. Where is this treasure? What are these jars of clay? It's my broken lamp. That's us. Broken, fragile bodies. Mortal. Not able to contain the glory of God, but for God. Point number four. Verse seven again. To show that the power belongs to God and not to us. The fact that this indescribable gift of glory and holiness lives inside our mortal broken bodies is impossible to comprehend, to understand, to explain. It's impossible. God, the creator of everything, cannot live in me. And yet he does. Paul says this combination, this formula, if you want to get mathematical, of broken, fragile body plus God's glory. It's impossible and it's clearly only possible through God. It's an impossible mathematical formula, like dividing by zero. Impossible. Can't do it. In layman's terms, Paul is saying, The smartest person isn't smart enough. The purest person isn't pure enough. The most spiritual person, don't even try it. You're not spiritual enough. The most talented person isn't talented enough to contain such an immeasurably, unspeakably great treasure. Two Corinthians five, verse eighteen. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled or restored us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now that last part is a whole nother 
message. I'm not going to get into that. That we are agents of restoration. Let's only look at the first part. All this is from God. Who restores? Only God. Who through Christ. How does he restore? Through his son Jesus. So like that story I told earlier. About that guy. That random guy. You've never met him. God restores all of us to himself through Jesus. Through the sacrifice that his son made on the cross. Because he loved us. Like that song said. Jesus didn't want to spend time alone in heaven. So he all reconciled us to him. So that we can be with him. We just sang that. Don't know if you picked that up. If you didn't you weren't paying attention. There will be a quiz at the end just to check. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We cannot shine our own lamps. We cannot polish ourselves up. We cannot shine anything. God restores us to himself through his son Jesus. When we accept Jesus, he heals us. Who needs healing? I know I do. He binds up our wounds. Who's been wounded in this life? I know I have. He wipes away sin. Who is sinful? No, not not me. On the other two, I definitely, but sinful. He wipes away our sin. And he makes his light shine in and through us. What sin has made ugly, God restores back to its original purpose of being a light that loves and shines Jesus. I had a prophecy over me before I was even saved, at the time I got saved, that I would one day preach I didn't see it then it was 18 years ago I smoked I stank of smoke not, not, not because of personal hygiene reasons um, I had no friends I wasn't popular I couldn't speak in front of crowds at all I couldn't speak in front of one person <laughs> You know, you get these people that say, oh, I'm a one-person conversation. No, I couldn't even do that. I could hardly carry a conversation with anybody. Um, And I've said that before to many of you guys that uh, have been in church for a while. You know, orals in school, horrible. And that's my testimony of how God came and took my lamp, polished it up, installed a light, and slowly but surely, he just took me through the works And now I'm holding the mic and you're looking at me. And my knees aren't knocking as much as they used to. So I really used to knock a lot. But God, 
But God, but God, but God comes to restore. I close out with a bit of a comparison. Those who are in my community, I told you I was going to work this into a sermon one day. And here it is. Kintsugi. It's the ancient Japanese art of restoring broken pottery. And how they do this is they take lacquer and they mix powdered gold with the lacquer. And they fill up all the cracks in those broke pieces of broken pottery, those Ming vases and uh, everything else. So the philosophy behind this ancient traditional Japanese art of fixing pottery is that it treats the breakage and the repair of the object as something to display as part of the object's history and not something to hide. You're not trying to get it perfect the way it was before because that's impossible. You'd rather make those cracks shine. We all have cracks and brokenness, but God comes and restores our cracks with his son Jesus, with the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us. He makes our cracks sparkle and shine instead of having us fall apart because of those cracks. We shouldn't hide our brokenness. We should run to Jesus to get them fixed and filled with his love and his grace and his mercy so that his golden repair work can be seen plainly in our lives and so that his light can shine through us. my thousand words used up for the morning if you don't feel beautiful this morning who does feel beautiful this morning inside and out Jan, thank you Jan (laughs) if you don't feel beautiful this morning it may be that you know Jesus but you've lost relationship with him And your pottery may have started to crack again. It may be that there are areas of your life that you've never dealt with. Too painful. Caused too much hurt. You just never wanted wanted to go there. You keep that closet closed. But there are cracks there. And the water is seeping through. Causing mold in that cupboard. Causing a stink. But you're just keeping that one closed. It may be that you've never met Jesus at all. Regardless of where you are this morning and in this moment, God wants to restore you. God wants to come and fill your cracks because he loves you. And he sacrificed his son Jesus so that he could come and restore you.
He wants to come and clean up your heart. Fill up your cracks. Wipe away all your sins. And make you beautiful. Who wants to be beautiful before Jesus? Because we're his bride. Just as the bride wants to make herself beautiful and submits herself to whatever beautification processes and rituals that I dare not speak of. So we should do the same because we are a bride. Even the men, you are a bride. You're the bride of Christ. And we should submit ourselves to the fixing of our cracks to become beautiful for Jesus because he's going to come back one day for us.